you guys have all type of people. Like, who are some of the biggest celebrities that you guys have had come through through the store? Oh man, um, I'm gonna attribute this domino effect to uh, Rick Ross, uh, oh, the rapper William Roberts. Uh, I'm very good friends uh, with his immediate family, so uh, when we first opened that location up. Uh, all I did was ask a favor is that, you know, the next time he's in town, mm -hmm. if you can just bring him by to get him something to eat. Okay. Bring him by to get him something to eat, uh, which uh, I was able to make happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what I was not expecting was for him to do a drop like he did, okay. um, which is still on the, on the Instagram page. But Explain that. What's the, what's the drop? Uh, a drop is, um, that, that that's more of a, a term that musicians use for uh, a commercial or a plug or, okay. or, or something of that nature. Gotcha. So uh, he came in and uh, and as you know, this this particular location was just drive through and walk up. Mm -hmm. So he came. Um, initially, he didn't get out of the vehicle, but we took the food to him and his family. He ate the food and uh, surprisingly, man, he got out and said, you know, I want to uh, take some pictures with you guys, do some video, whatever y'all want to do. So, okay. man, I just cut my phone on it. Man, he did a phenomenal drop, uh, plug in the restaurant. That's what's up, yeah. I mean, something that he probably would charge maybe $10,000 to do. Easy. Yeah. He did it uh, on his own free will, and it's like, at that moment, it's like, it was like a fire, man, ignited, and, and everybody just, you know, um, one thing I, I, I've realized in a society that we live in, you know, perception is reality. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people only believe what they see, mm -hmm. you know, um, whether it's true or not. So I kind of ran with that as well. Yeah. Uh, from that moment, you know, I knew that if people were coming uh, of any kind of social status, celebrity, socialite, athlete, mm -hmm. uh, if people saw them eating this food, yeah. then they will want to know if anything, you know, I want to eat this food. I want to go. Sure. Why are they there? I want to go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people use the, those type of tactics when they don't have substance as well. Yeah. The good thing about smackers is not only were we able to use celebrity mm -hmm. to bring people in, but we actually have substance. Our, our, our product is a the food is great. phenomenal yeah. product. So, um, and, and I just continue to use that. That was kind of our motto to continue to use that. Uh, and it was almost from that point, it was kind of natural. You know, um, I had a lot of contacts. My arms are pretty long with, with people uh, throughout the city and outside of the city. But a lot of people, when they start coming to Memphis, you know, their teams or their managers would reach out to me and, okay. you know, they would just want to taste the food. And uh, it just went from there. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap. Listen, man, I am extremely excited. I have with me one of the uh, owners of Smackers Restaurant, one of the fastest growing restaurants here in Memphis. I'm excited for him to talk to you guys about some of the good stuff that they got going on, man, some of the entrepreneur stuff that they've been doing, uh, some of the wins uh, that they've been doing lately. I don't know if you guys follow them, but we'll get all that information to them as well. But 
Uh, man, look, you guys know our goal with the Equity Tap is to help business owners raise their business IQ so that they can tap into their full equity. With that being said, Lou, I appreciate you, man, coming on, dude. I'm excited about this interview. It's a pleasure, likewise. Cool deal, man. Well, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, you know what I'm saying? How'd you guys, oh, we'll get into that a little bit later, but just kind of tell everybody about yourself a little bit. Um, well, they call me Lou. Um, I have a background in marketing, okay. um, public relations. Uh, so that's what I bring to Smackers. Um, cool. I didn't know you had a, a background in marketing. Did you go to school for that? I did. Okay. What school did you go to? University of Memphis. Wow. That's yes, sir. Up, man. So you studied uh, business marketing. I did. Cool. So before you guys got into the uh, restaurant industry, what were you doing? Were you using this skill for something else? Uh, actually, I was not. Uh, I kind of kind of went dormant uh, after college. Okay. Uh, I ventured off into some other avenues and, and did some other things, and I, I found my way coming back uh, and that being useful, a useful tool for the company. For sure, man. I know uh, the way we met uh, is because you guys opened up uh, one of your locations right up the street from one of our stores that we had uh, here in Memphis, man. And, you know, just watching the way you guys move from the branding to the logo, was that all you? No, it was a col collabor uh, it was a collaboration between me and and uh, Nikita, who who's the sole owner of Smackers. Okay. Uh, as well as her husband, Kevin. Okay. That's what's up. Yeah, man. Uh, so you and Kevin are brothers, correct? Well, we're we're not blood brothers, but uh, we're joined to the hip, man. We, I would have never knew friends man. for over uh, fifteen years. So we're really about twenty years that we've been okay. been friends. So. Uh, we sound alike. Uh, we have <laughs> a lot of the same mannerisms, and yeah. uh, also look alike. <laughs> How did you guys meet? Uh, we met. Um, we're actually from uh, neighboring neighborhoods. He's from an area that they call Belter Grove. Okay. Um, I'm from an area called that they call Orange Mound. Sure. Uh, so we kind of met in in that way, just uh, being in the same vicinity. So. Gotcha. Now, did you go to Melrose? I went to Melrose. Oh, I didn't end up graduating from Melrose, but I did attend Melrose. Sure. I was the same way, man. So my family is from Orange Mountain. We uh, grew up right down in Beverly. Okay. Uh, and I went to uh, Melrose one year, my sophomore year. Okay. Uh, but my mom was real adamant about us going to uh, Overton because they had the performance art. It's crazy. I ended up graduating from Overton. Oh, did you? So I ended up... Uh, That's what's up. I ended up going to Overton uh, after I was put out of... Melrose. I, okay. <laughs> I, I was a little bit of a troubled child, so you got it. Uh, I went to Melrose for a uh, nice amount of time, and then I ended up finishing up at Overton. That's what's up. Yeah, man, I enjoy Overton, man. So I did, too. I was in the uh, art program. Creative and Performing Arts, Kappa. Yeah, yeah. Were you in Kappa? I was not in Kappa. Okay. Uh, I, I, I just enjoyed the school. It was uh, pretty diverse at the yeah, time. Man. I'm not sure if it's still that way now, but at that time, it was very diverse, so yeah, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. For sure, man. So once you left uh, Overton, then you transitioned right into the University of Memphis for your marketing degree? How I did. did that work? Okay. I did. Cool, cool. So, man, tell me about the restaurant. Why the restaurant industry? How did you guys get into this space? Man, um, like I say, we started this 2011. Um, Kevin, uh, known as Chef Kevin, his wife, Nikita Jamerson, um, Kevin always cooked um, ever since I've known him. Okay. Uh, he always talked about being a business owner. 
Uh, I, I never actually foresaw it being a restaurant. I just knew we both had, you know, uh, very lar large hustle mindsets. You know what I'm saying? So um, just I can remember uh, in 2011 that uh, him and his wife were discussing doing a food truck. Okay. Um, and honestly, I, I and I never forget this. I, I can remember at the time um, they were a little strapped for cash. Okay. Uh, as well as myself, so um, we drew everything up and and we kind of pitched this idea to family members and friends. Sure. People in 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 financial situations a lot better than our own. Um, let them know what we wanted to do, and surprisingly, uh, no one was receptive to it. Yeah. Um, was that surprising though? <laughs> it was surprising um, because it, it was surprising from the people that you know were close knit that we consider close knit, whether it be uncles, aunties, parents, whatever you know, to let them know like this is what we want to do. Yeah, and uh, you know we just need a little little assistance. Um, like I say, that didn't end up happening. So uh, Kevin, being the hustler that he is. Uh, I mean, he made it happen. For sure. Um, and we ended up going to an auction and we got a bread truck. Okay. Um, and we took that bread truck and outfitted it like an actual kitchen. Okay. I mean, it wasn't the normal food truck. Um, a lot of food trucks you see them, they have uh, house refrigerators yeah. on them, uh, house microwaves. Gotcha. You know, just the bare minimum just to get by. Um, countertop fryers and things of that nature, mm -hmm. but uh, Nikita and Kevin actually went overboard with this thing, and and <laughs> they spent a lot of money uh, to have this thing looking like a commercial kitchen. For sure. Um, so that's how we started. So once you uh is interesting, and I was asking uh, what were you really surprised? Because being an entrepreneur myself, I know coming from the background that we come from, we don't necessarily see a lot of uh, legitimate business owners. Uh, we all have that entrepreneurial hustle spirit, but one of the things that, you know, it's hard for us to understand is sometimes you gotta invest a large sum of money to get something off the ground. Right. Uh, and for me, when I started my company, I didn't necessarily have anybody that was willing to invest either. And similar to you, my brother came on board and we put whatever we had into the business and, you know, things went on from there. Um, so once you talk about like this startup capital, what amount were you guys asking for? Like, what did that look like? How much did it cost you guys to get that initial truck off the ground? I cannot remember per se the exact amount. Um, I just remember us pitching, sitting down, uh, with my parents, uh, some of his relatives, okay. uh, some of his, uh, wife's relatives and everybody just was telling us, we don't think this will work in Memphis. We don't think a food truck will work in Memphis. Uh, so that's that's the that's the roadblock that we continuously ran into For sure. when trying to pitch this idea to a multitude of people was that uh, not as as far as don't do it, but it, it just won't work. We you know they felt like it wouldn't work. For sure, you know that's always interesting, man. When it comes to Memphis, I feel like we are so behind on you know what I'm saying some emerging industries and things like that. So. Once you talk to people about ideals, I'm the same way. We typically get that same look like, nah, that may work in a big city, but not Memphis. But I truly believe that Memphis, man, is prime for, you know what I'm saying, 
uh, some of these new emerging industries. So you guys got the truck. Kevin went a little bit overboard. How did that process start out, man? Was it smooth sailing? What are some of the uh, the hurdles that you guys ran into? Um, it was not smooth sailing, man. I, I, I can now this I can vividly remember. Um, I mean, it, it, it took a lot as, yep. as far as the main thing was the capital. So once that finally was raised, then it went into us. And I'm not going to say us, man. I'm not going to take any credit for this food truck situation. Yeah. But Kevin and his wife, man, they, 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 I mean, he did his due diligence. Um, and I was even surprised at the outcome of how he made this bread truck look on the inside. Okay. Um, I mean, it was just, it was, it was outstanding. I actually have pictures. I still have pictures. Uh, that I look back even now mm -hmm. and over 10 years ago, how that truck now would still, you know, uh, put a lot of other trucks to shame. Do y'all still have the truck? We do not have the truck. Okay. Uh, from that truck, we ended up with uh, two more trucks. Uh, well, one more truck in a actual rig, uh, actual trailer. Okay. So uh, you guys expanded it to three. Yeah. Well, okay. we didn't have three simultaneously at the same time. It gotcha, went from there, gotcha. we just kind of upgraded a little, kind of continued to upgrade. So sure. the last one that we had uh, was an actual trailer, okay. and I mean this trailer was was non-pareil as far as how it looked compared to the the first one. I mean, if you just woke up inside of this trailer, you could have bet money that you were in a five-star kitchen. Seriously, wow. So uh, I mean it was it it was it was beautiful. So what did the, uh, because now you guys have, you know, several locations, and we'll talk more about that. How many locations do you guys currently have? We're working on our fourth location. Okay. Right now. So how many years have y'all been in business at, since 2012? 2012. Wow, so over the course of 10 years, you guys have went from food truck to now having four locations. Yes, sir. So once you think about the food truck model, what did you guys see the success at? What was people feedback? How did you know? I guess what I'm asking is, at what point did you know you had that, you had something? What was that aha moment? Me being uh, a very optimistic person, mm -hmm. man, I had the mindset that we had something at the at the at the first food truck. Yeah, you know, at that point, you know, I just my vision was was so far ahead, so light years away that mm -hmm. that I I knew then that man, this is special. Yeah, and one of the reasons I knew that it was special was because of uh, the dedication, uh, the hard work that I witnessed Nikita and Kevin doing in the process of building their food truck and their passion for it. And I just knew based on that and uh, and, and, and their love, and like I said, passion for it, I knew that it was gonna be as big as it has gotten today. Oh, for sure. That's interesting, man, because a lot of people don't have that vision. Like, what what do you contribute to? Was it something in your, your childhood growing up, stuff that you saw that, once you saw that opportunity that Kevin and his wife uh, was putting together that you instantly knew that, okay, this is going to be something big. Like, what in you made you feel that way? Um, Like I say, it really was just my admiration for them and, and how hard they were going for this, and, and they weren't taking no for an answer, okay. Uh, especially just being able to prevail from taking this situation to so many different people and so many different people saying, now it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest with you, even myself, after so many no's, I would have probably even begin to believe that, you know what, they may be right. Yeah. All these people saying it's not going to work, it may not work. But mm -hmm. even with that, 
I mean, they 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 went ahead and just sailed through it. Uh, uh -huh. It looks like they sailed through it, but it was a lot of turbulence and ups and downs and peaks and valleys. But like I say, and just me sitting back and and watching how they both worked, and and mm -hmm. especially even more so, Kevin, how he worked. I mean, I, I just knew. I I knew there's no way that it, it it couldn't have gotten to where we are today. For sure. So, kind of fast forward a little bit. How long were you guys in the food truck before you transitioned to your first location? Uh, we did the food truck from 2012 until 2017. Is is when we actually got our first brick and mortar. Okay. On Airways and Lamar. So what's the food trucks? What's the profits booming? And you was like, okay, cool. We got something. We need to transition or kind of tell me about the, the, the conditions of the business. Once you guys transition from food truck, what made you want to go into like the restaurant, the storefront? Uh, we, we didn't do the normal food when, when what I saw in Memphis when it came to the food truck scene mm -hmm. was a lot of people, a lot of people just, uh, kind of freelancing and when I say freelancing they would just sit up on a corner or yeah. sit up you know uh in in different areas of, of the city and just mm -hmm. I guess kind of hope that people will pull up and support them yeah uh things of that nature so um where I came into play is that I already knew that I didn't want to do that yeah uh nothing against it but sure. I just wanted to go for a different direction I, I wanted to kind of have our food truck on a different pedestal. Okay. Uh, so what I, I did was I went to different corporations throughout the city. Okay. I went to their human resources department. Wow. Um, I sold our brand, which at the time was Lick the Plate Bistro. Okay. Um, it was, you know, this is our logo that I have on the jacket. So um, I went and That's sold it. jacket too, man. I like this. Right? Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I went and sold that and let them know that we were licensed, we were bonded, we had insurance. Okay. And what I wanted to do, if if they would afford me the opportunity, was just to feed their employees during their lunch break. Okay. Uh, so I went around to different pharmaceutical companies, different businesses, um, and this is what I sold. And surprisingly, I was kind of going in thinking it was going to be rejection, but mm -hmm. uh, everybody, you know, accepted us with open arms. So. Uh, we kind of only served Monday through Friday okay. during lunch hours, kind of like from 10 to 1 gotcha. type of deal. So we did that for a few years, and this is kind of the beginning of the social media when it comes to Instagram. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we would post on Instagram that we're here, we're here, we're here, and the feedback that we were getting uh, was always good feedback, but one of the main things that people asked about was how can we – eat at this food truck because mm -hmm. for the most part, most of the places that we set up, um, they wouldn't allow uh, outside pedestrians, shall I say, to come onto their properties to eat. Okay. So it was kind of like an exclusive thing. Every place we went to, they wouldn't really allow people to come on their property to patronize with us. Mm -hmm. So we always had people saying, we can never catch you, we can never catch you. We want to eat the food, how can we taste the food? So. Um, I always kept that, you know, um, in the back of my mind. I always shared that with yeah. Kevin and his wife, uh, mainly because they're really not social media savvy. Okay. Uh, they don't really get into the social media thing. That's kind of my my thing. Gotcha. Um, so we went from, like I say, and, and, and your initial question was, was it profitable? Mm -hmm. um, it was. It, it, it was. 
and it, we only did it for just a few hours a day, but it was very, very profitable, profitable yeah. at that time. So, were both of you guys working full time, or were you doing something else outside of uh, working with the food? Truck? Man, that was it. That was it. Okay, that was it. That was it. And even then, uh, I would I would have the interactions with the customers and um, and Kevin and his wife uh, would actually be you know doing the cooking and the prepping and things of that nature. Bro, I think um, you've said a couple things. You know what I'm saying that I think is clutch. Uh, just your ability to know and recognize, you know what I'm saying, where the market is, where, because you said something about the other food trucks and things and the way that they was doing it. And I think as entrepreneurs, that's what we, we have to do. You know what I'm saying? There is a problem in the market. Figure out how you can solve that problem. And you, with your mindset, you looked at that and you said, okay, that is a viable option. However, how can we do something completely different? Right. I would have never thought to go inside of corporate offices. I probably would have did the same thing that the other food trucks was doing. Which is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. For sure, for sure. No right. knock on any of that. But to think a few steps ahead, because as an entrepreneur, you always don't, you don't want to skate to where the puck is. You want to skate to where the puck is going. And that's right. what you did, essentially, man. You saw that. You know, there was one place that you can go that had multiple people that you can set up. And within a couple of hours, you can service more clients than post it up somewhere and hoping people stop by. Anticipate. Now, is that some of the skills that you learned you picked up in school or did you already just naturally have those uh, that uh, vision? Yes, some of those uh, were, were skills I picked, picked up along the way in school. But at the same time, I've always been... Um, my very business orientated, you okay. know. So, um, some of it was natural. Um, some of it was was due to education. For sure, for sure. So, going from the uh, the food truck man to that first location, I know you said that the food truck was profitable. Tell me about that uh, that first location because before you guys and you can jump into this, that location was something completely different. It looked completely different. But once you guys got that location, man, y'all turned that thing over. And one of the proudest things that I saw, man, about that whole movement was you guys chose to put that uh, that location in uh, Orange Mountain, a, a historical black community. Almost different. So I thought that was dope, man. So tell me a little bit about kind of what was the mindset behind starting that first business or that first location and kind of what things looked like. Uh, that first location um, was kind of special to, to me, to Nikita, and to Kevin Reason being, that's our neighborhood, all sure. three of us. Uh, and actually, Nikita actually worked at that location. It used to be a place by the name of Ice Cream Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was actually a job she held while she was in high school. Okay. Um, and and the little, uh, once she graduated from high school, she was still there. Uh, her and the owner, uh, he kind of treated her like a daughter. Okay. Uh, so she kind of ran that place. Uh, so it kind of came full circle that when this place was came up on the market for us to be able to rent, uh, I mean, we jumped at the chance to go ahead and get it on top of it being in an, in a very familiar area. Um, we, we went ahead and, and jumped on top of it and we were ready to, you know, face everything that came with it head on. For sure. Man, I can uh, vividly remember because my shop, my first shop was right in Orange Mountain. Of course, that's where we met as you guys came in. We did some shirts for you. Almost in walking distance. Almost in walking distance, for sure, man. And when I used to ride past that location, bro. Y'all used to have cars wrapped around the building, man. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So how long did it take people long to realize what you guys was at? Or it was like soon as you guys opened? Because I know you said just social media savvy. Or was that the business already booming? Or how did that process go about, you know what I'm saying, getting yourselves out there? 
there was already a hype uh, based on the lick the plate model. Okay. In the Instagram that we had created for lick the plate. Okay. So of course, when we did this first brick and mortar, we changed the name, mm-hmm. uh, and that name was Smackers, mm-hmm. uh, as people know it today. Um, we actually did something that now I look back on and I say, man, it was so cliche and and <laughs> and, and whatever. But and you know what I'm talking about. But but from a marketing standpoint, uh, we see and I honestly didn't feel like Smackers was gonna grow as fast as it would. I never you know, thought, you know, uh, I, I never was pessimistic about it not being a success, but as fast as it grew, mm-hmm. I was not expecting that. So we just, from a marketing standpoint, we said, we're gonna we're gonna make this logo look like Snickers, the yeah. Snickers logo. I thought that was coming. And the man, reason like that. that we're gonna do that is because it's gonna make people feel like they're familiar with this, uh-huh. even though they're not. Yeah. So when they see it, it's gonna, it's gonna you know, catch their eye and be like, what did, you know, what was that, what did they say, Snickers? Uh-huh. What is that? You know, so if anything, <laughs> it, it would it would cause a conversation. Yeah. You know, it would be a conversation piece. Uh, so, of course, we we named it Smackers, and a lot of people say, well, did y'all come up with that name? And Kevin came up with that name based on, you know, uh, just a natural thing that most people do when they eat. They smack. For sure. You know, whether they know it or not. Or or if they don't smack when it's something that's mouthwatering or something that's good, they really gonna smack, you know. So that's kind of where the name derived. Um but yeah, so um That's what's up, man. Uh and, and I, I saw that when you guys first came into our shop and I saw the logo, I was like, man, this is genius. Because just like you said, one of the things as entrepreneurs that we do is, you know. You don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel on everything. Look at what other people are doing. Look at what some of these big companies are spending millions on and figure out how you can incorporate it. Sneakers had a, uh, they had a brand, you know, that people were familiar with. So aligning yourself with that brand was right. You know what I'm saying? What you said, it allowed people to have that conversation and it gave them that whiplash effect. Like when you roll past it, you're like, hold up, the sneakers have a new location. Oh, no, that's smackers. Okay, cool, cool. So, man. Fast forward, uh, I follow you guys on social media, bro, and you guys have all type of people. Like, who are some of the biggest celebrities that you guys have had come through through the store? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to attribute this domino effect to uh, Rick Ross, uh, the rapper, William Roberts. Uh, I'm very good friends uh, with his immediate family, so uh, when we first opened that location up, uh, all I did was ask a favor is that, you know, the next time he's in town, mm-hmm. if you can just bring him by to get him something to eat. Okay. Bring him by to get him something to eat, uh, which uh, I was able to make happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what I was not expecting was for him to do a drop like he did, okay. um, which is still on the, on the Instagram page. But Explain it. What's, what's the drop? Uh, a drop is... Um, that, that that's more of a a term that musicians use for uh, a commercial or a, a plug or, okay. or or something of that nature. Gotcha. So uh, he came in and uh, and as you know, this this particular location was just drive through and walk up. Mm-hmm. So he came. Um, initially, he didn't get out of the vehicle, but we took the food to him and his family. He ate the food and. Uh, 
surprisingly, man, he got out and said, you know, I want to uh, take some pictures with you guys, do some video, whatever y'all want to do. So, okay. man, I just cut my phone on it. Man, he did a phenomenal drop, uh, plug in the restaurant. That's what's up. Yeah. I mean, something that he probably would charge maybe $10,000 to do. Easy. Yeah. He did it uh, on his own free will, and it's like at that moment, it's like it was like a fire, man, ignited, and, and everybody just, you know. Um, one thing I, I, I've realized in the society that we live in, you know, perception is reality. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people only believe what they see, okay. you know, um, whether it's true or not. So I kind of ran with that as well. Yeah. Uh, from that moment, you know, I knew that if people were coming uh, of any kind of social status, celebrity, socialite, athlete, mm-hmm. uh, if people saw them eating this food, yeah, then they would want to know if anything, you know, I want to eat this food. I want to go. Sure. Why are they there? I want to go. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people use the, those type of tactics when they don't have substance as well. Yeah. The good thing about smackers is not only were we able to use celebrity mm-hmm. to bring people in, but we actually have substance. Our, our, our product is a the food is great phenomenal yeah. product. So, um, and and I just continue to use that. That was kind of our motto to continue to use that. Uh, and it was almost from that point, it was kind of natural, you know, um, I had a lot of contacts. My arms are pretty long with, with people, uh, throughout the city and outside of the city. But a lot of people, when they start coming to Memphis, you know, their teams or their managers would reach out to me and, you know, they would just want to taste the food and, uh, it just went from there. So that's interesting, man. So I know you said you started with, uh, with Ross, uh, and, it's just a wildfire started. So how did you position yourself for people to start reaching out to you? Were they calling the store? Like, how did all that work out? Uh, a lot of it was through Instagram. A lot of right. it was uh, through direct messaging, uh, uh, as we know as the DM Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on Instagram. So a lot of it was through that, and then a lot of it was through actually people having my contact information and just reaching out to me to, to you know, come and taste the food. That's what's up, man. So what is the most popular item on the menu? Mm. We're known for the grilled salmon club. Yeah, man. Um, and we started doing that with Lick the Plate in 2012. And pretty much everything that's on the menu now, uh, 2023, was on the menu in 2012. Okay. Uh, we've just perfected it. Uh, for sure. Kevin has just perfected it. You know, his 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 team of chefs have have perfected it, you know. Uh so it's it's only gotten better from from then to now. But that's what we're known for, the Grill Salmon Club. Of course we have a multitude of, of other things. Yeah. Burgers to quesadillas to uh shrimp po' boys and just a variety of things. But the main thing that we're known for is the grill salmon. For sure. So listen, I want to tap more into like the mindset of the entrepreneur. Okay. Um, and you know, seeing the brand, seeing it starting in Orange Mound, uh, a lot of people would have put you in a box and said, "Okay, that's a brand that can't expand outside of the hood." <clears throat> but as of lately, I've seen some of the locations that you guys are expanding into, and you can talk more about this. But 
you know, what what was the mindset into expanding in some of these neighborhoods? Because you got this big support from the from the community in which you grew up in, uh, which is more black people to moving into other neighborhoods that the ratio wasn't always, you know, what I'm saying in favor of black people. So what's the mindset behind it? I thought it was interesting to see some of the location placement. Um, man, we kind of let let just God lead our footsteps on on, on those things. We got uh, initially when we first left uh, the Orange Mound area, we we got a tiny amount of backlash. Yeah, of people saying that the typical uh, black owned company, as soon as you start to blow up, yeah, now you want to leave the hood and go to the suburbs X, Y, Z. But that actually was not, you know, that was not our mindset or not our, not our intention. Yeah. Our intention, um, I mean, like I say, we didn't expect for Smackers to grow as quickly as it did. Mm-hmm. So we quickly outgrew that location. Um, to begin with, it was already very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually was not outfitted to even be a restaurant. So we built that thing out and it was tight in there, man. It was small, it was extremely hot, it was uncomfortable. <laughs> and if anybody that's listening is familiar with a restaurant setting or is in that field, you know just being in a kitchen, in a restaurant kitchen is extremely stressful. Yeah. So imagine being in a kitchen that's, oh my God, man, maybe eight feet wide, uh, 15 feet long. I yeah. mean, it was super, tiny with mm-hmm. all this hot equipment from the grill to the fryers to the burners. I mean, so it was a lot on everybody. It took a toll on everybody. So once we got the, the opportunity to be able to expand and move to a lot bigger space, mm-hmm. we jumped on it. For sure. Uh, just so happens this space was in a suburb, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe 20, 25 minutes away from where we initially were. But, yeah, I mean, we had that opportunity, so we wanted to go ahead and jump on it. Yeah, for sure. And when I first met, walked into uh, the location off of uh, Stage 64, you know what I'm saying? I was extremely impressed because the first thing I saw initially was the smaller location, the the cars wrapped around the building. But, you know what I'm saying, to see y'all transition from that. But then to walk into your actual uh, new location in the suburbs and, you know what I'm saying, to see you guys had, you know, state-of-the-art equipment, the right. building was nice, you know what I'm saying? And... Yeah, I don't think it's been a time since I walked in where y'all ain't have still have a line wrapped around the building. So were people anticipating that move where as soon as y'all did the grand opening, did y'all have a lot of customers or did how did y'all penetrate those other markets? Man, we we actually didn't even do a grand opening. I can remember Keita giving me a call and saying, Look, I wanna do I want us to do a soft opening. Okay. Um, that way we can kind of, you know, work out the kinks. This is the first time we've I mean, this is really like a big deal because it's an actual restaurant drive-through, dine-in. So you got all these new components, you know, coming from where we were. Um, And that initial location in the mound was kind of almost like a food truck because people couldn't come in. Mm -hmm. You know, people were just walking up. Yeah. So this was totally outside of the box. So she said, I just want to do a soft opening. Uh, And we're going to invite just personal, you know, close friends and family that way we can get some true honest feedback and you know kind of see how everything is going to flow mm-hmm. and <laughs> i reached out to what i consider to be just a few people um nikita and kevin they reached out to a few people 
And when I tell you uh, on this soft opening day, you could not get on the parking lot. Wow. It was crazy. A lot of people didn't even get to, to eat because they knew the wait time was just going to be crazy. But um, man, man, the support was, was, was phenomenal, man. You know, yeah. very phenomenal how, how everybody came out uh, to support us just off of word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So what was that transition like? So you guys transitioned right into a new location. Y'all had the support, which was great. But like you said, you had all of these new things that you had to consider. Was it a huge learning curve, or did you guys just step right into it? And- no, huge learning curve. Yeah. And and surprisingly, ten years later, man, we're still, uh, still learning. Yeah. You know, we're still learning uh, every day. All we know is what we don't know, and, yeah. and we know that we're we're smart enough to know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, as 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 much experience as we do have, we never stop learning. And yeah. every day, I know me personally. Every day, there are things that that I find out. I don't have any really experience in back of house. And what I mean by back of house, that would be the kitchen and the cooking and the yeah. menus and things of that nature. You know, I focus more on the customer service, the customer acquisition, sure. public relations and, and things of that, that nature. So, but even in, in, in my area of, of smackers, I learn every day, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be a student. What is that? Uh, and this is huge, man. Cause for like the entrepreneurs that's watching this, uh, we, I try to talk to them a lot about continuing your education as an entrepreneur. And a lot of people just don't understand the value mm-hmm. in continuing to grow. Like, what does that look like for you on a daily basis? Man, um, we, we're, we're just here for the challenge. Um, and, and it's challenging to say the least. Um, I tell a lot of people and I didn't even know until I was afforded the opportunity to be a part of such greatness and that greatness being smackers is that it's extremely hard. Yeah. It's extremely hard. You got to think restaurants are probably one of the number one failing businesses that there is yeah. on top of it failing or, or, or not failing. They tell you don't expect any profit mm-hmm. the first three to five years. Uh, one thing I know for sure is that we never experienced that. We never experienced, uh, not making any money. You know, we've, from 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 day one, we were blessed enough, you know, where we we always did did good. We were comfortable for sure. Um, but man, I tell you, um, every day is a learning experience. Um, we take it head on, uh, but it's hard. It's super 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 hard. Yeah yeah yeah. I tell anybody if this is something that you're not passionate about, mm-hmm. when it comes to being in the restaurant field. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you can cook at home and, you know, your your girlfriend or your wife or your mom or dad say, oh, you can. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally (laughs) different animal to say I'm going to open up a restaurant. Yeah. Honestly, man. And and every day, you know, uh, one thing that I bring to the company as well, especially when it comes to Nikita and Kevin and and me motivating them, Mm -hmm. is is a lot of times, even now, as crazy as it may sound, you know, it's time that they just, you know, they just. So they want to throw the towel in, yeah, because it's so overwhelming. It's so stressful. Yeah. It's so so stressful. And 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 one thing about our motto, about Smackers' motto, is that we're hands on. Mm-hmm. We're very hands on. It's not going to ever be a time that you can come to the restaurant if you don't see me. You're going to see Nikita, or you're going to see Kevin. Okay, we're very hands on, <laughs> um, and that's work for us. Mm-hmm. A lot of people get into business. Um, with the misconception of 
thinking that this is how they become a boss. Yeah. And with that, they want to sit back <laughs> and have their feet kicked up and they just want to give orders. Yeah. Uh, and not to say that that doesn't work for some businesses or some business owners, but for us, we found that being vigilant, being hands-on is what has helped us get to where we are today. Yeah, for sure, man. And it's, and, and that's true. Mm-hmm. Business is not easy, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, business is, is the, the concept of business is easy, but working through all of those challenges is where it gets hard, you know, then staying in there when things get tough. Uh, and it's so interesting because we have very similar, you know, backgrounds. I was laughing earlier when she was describing the size of the building because our shop in Orange Mountain was the same uh, way. And when you talk about some of the transitions that you made and the reasons behind it, it was the same reason why we moved from Orange Mountain to be able to expand, you know, and capture more revenue. Um, Talking about the dynamic between you and Kevin, man, uh, what does that look like? Because I know um, I ran my company with my brother, and I worked front of the house. He worked back of the house. And at times we would hear, but, you know what I'm saying, but we had to come to a, a good understanding of, you know what I'm saying, what our roles is. Like, how does right. that work? Because it seemed like you guys work, you know what I'm saying, good together. Um, We work phenomenal together, man. Like I say, we complement each other so, so well. But when it comes to us headbutting, uh, we do that every day, all day. Yeah. We bounce our ideas off each other, but when it comes into that work setting, um, neither one of us really play around yeah. uh, when it comes to business. So uh, if you were ever afforded the opportunity to be around us during work hours and to see us work, you know, you may think we hate each other. Yeah. Uh, but we don't take it personal. And we, we try to tell a lot of the employees, you know, when you come into this building, you know, um, tempers flare, it's hot in here, it's yeah. stressful in here, it's, it's very, very, um, it's just very, very stressful, man. So I tell a lot of people, please don't take it personal. If, yeah. if I yell at you, if I raise my voice, it's just in the- and I already have a, a, a pretty stern, um, you know, voice uh, that carries. So a lot of time when I say things, I know a lot of people can take it as if, you know, I'm upset or I'm, I'm mad, but when it comes to me and him, like I say, um, a lot of time we don't even speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we do, you know, sometimes it's a little snappy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> him being more so uh, uh, corrective of me than I am of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, with him and his wife being, you know, very, very big perfectionists, mm-hmm. as well as myself. But, you know, we do bump heads a whole lot when it comes to the work environment. But, but as soon as we leave out of that work environment, you know, we back you know, uh, joking and laughing and sure. talking about life. So, man, you guys have, uh, and it's dope, man. So you guys have four locations now. How many How many people do you guys currently employ? Ooh, um, roughly maybe around 40 people. Wow, that's huge, man. What do you, did you ever see yourself running the company with this amount of employees? Again, I did. Yeah, I did. Okay. I, I, I see so much larger uh, than what we are now, and, and, and I, and one thing that I've always told Nikita and Kevin uh, about Smackers, about Lick the Plate, is that this is a big deal. Yeah. You know, I've said that from day one, like, before it probably was a big deal. Um, you know, I always, you know, speak that. I'm I'm big on, you know, speaking things into existence. Yeah. So 
And not that I was just speaking into existence just to speak it, but I actually believed it. Mm -hmm. uh, and like I say, so I've always told them, like, this is a big deal. I don't know if y'all see this or not. Like, this is huge. Yeah, yeah. And this was in 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. which it probably wasn't, which most people had probably never heard of Lick the Plate at that point. Yeah. Um, but now, even now, it's kind of surreal, and, and I always still push this on 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 Nikita and Kevin to let them know like this is a big deal yeah. you know what I'm saying so I see a lot for this company I see us you know being global okay uh, so you know that that's one of my goals for the company is is for us to be everywhere I get DMs and emails all the time of people saying how can we bring one here how can we bring one here how can we bring one to the east coast to the yeah. west coast um and I let, and you know, and I tell them like, you know, eventually it'll be there. I promise you it will, you mm -hmm. know, but it's only us. Yeah. And like I said, we're so hands on. So that's another obstacle that we have to overcome is yeah. to, you know, if we were to open up one in California or if we were to open up one in New York, which there will be mm -hmm. locations in these, both of these spots, sure. you know, uh, but right now we couldn't do it. We, I mean, we would spread ourselves so thin and try to, they have a location in, in California and we're here in Memphis, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, we most definitely, you know, want to do that. But right now we just we just can't. Yeah, man. And and I understand that completely because we had expanded at one point and we had a couple locations and it was it was stressful. You know, it was very difficult to keep everything in line with the, the vision of the company because you're dealing with so many different people that may not see it the way you see it. Right. Uh, and what I'm hearing is one of the things you're saying is your ability to work on the business uh, and your ability to work in the business. And of course, as entrepreneurs, we know, you know, if you're going to grow the business, you have to work on it. Right. It sounds like that's kind of the next phase that you guys are going into looking at. Uh, and that was going to be my next question. Like, what is the next phase for Smackers? What you, I know you said you see something global, but more immediately, like, what is your next uh, phase look like? We're just focusing on Memphis right now. We're, 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 we're taking it one day at a time. Doors are continuously opening for us. Uh, like I said, right now we're on our fourth location. We actually have three flagship locations. And when I say flagship, meaning the original, okay. you know, the original blueprint. So the original locations, we have three of those and we have one franchise location. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, we're just right now, we're just taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, whatever comes, you know, we, we face it at that time. But, you know, of course, like I said, I see ourselves being global, but yeah. I have not really thought too much further outside of that than me focusing on, on the actual task at hand of day-to-day of -day operations. So uh, on the franchise store, man, uh, I know we kind of talked a little bit about this off camera, and I thought it was so interesting because uh, I tried to get into the franchising model and I didn't have a lot of success, man. What, what have you found with franchising? Is it something that you guys are looking to do more or kind of where you at with that model? Uh, no, we, we really don't want to franchise. Uh, we actually franchise um, to a very, very good friend of mine and his wife. Okay. Um, you know, they wanted to do some different things in their lives uh, and just so happened, you know, they wanted to open a restaurant. Okay. Um. And the the things that went ahead and made us go ahead and move forward with it because uh, the the lady, the wife, uh, actually left her career mm -hmm. uh, just to, you know, do a restaurant full time. So I feel like just that in itself was a lot of dedication. Yeah. Uh, 
But as far as us moving forward, we're doing more franchises. I don't think we would. Like I say, we just did that as a favor yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to them. But moving forward, I think we would, you know, uh, prefer to to be 100% hands-on with all the locations ourselves uh, while we can. For sure, for sure. That's interesting, man. Uh, you never know, though. You know, somebody may see this, man, and decide, you know, they want to want a location or whatnot, man. I think franchising is a great, you know what I'm saying, option, but it, it's just a completely different side of the business. You got to think through so much. And let me let me interject on that. When you, and you're absolutely right when it comes to franchising, but um, a lot of a lot of people's perception of franchising is just, uh, I have X amount of dollars. How much do you charge a franchise? Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll pay this, you know, and and receive benefits, yeah. you know, uh, receive the benefits. So, one thing that we're not interested in, um, if we do, you know, decide to franchise in the future, you know, we're gonna expect someone to be hands on, someone to be, you know, skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Uh, we get a lot of people that throw their money around and, and, and you know, loosely as far as saying, I want to open up one here, I want to open up here, one here, based on um, is the term that they use now, motion, based on the motion that they feel like yeah. we have, you know, based on the momentum, based on perception, mm -hmm. seeing that, oh, they look like they got it figured out, you know, I want to open up, up one. Yeah. But the person is saying is, you know, don't know the first thing about running the restaurant. Mm -hmm. So, um if we were to entertain it moving forward, it would have to be somebody that was going to be hands on. It's yeah. going to be in there, skin in the game and, you know, dealing with day to day operations. Other than that, I know for sure it's nothing that we would ever entertain again. Yeah. And that's true, man, because I think a lot of people, like you said, only see the, the bottom line potential. But they don't see what's going on behind the door. It's kind of like a duck in the water. You cool on the surface, but below, you know what I'm saying, his feet is kicking like crazy. And that's what it's like to run a business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can put money into it. You can outfit it. You can get the store there. But, you know what I'm saying, who's managing the staff? Who's making sure payroll? Who's taking care of inventory? Like, there's so much stuff that goes into. Mm -hmm. And then in the restaurant industry, you can probably speak on this more than I can. But you got, you know, inspections. You got healthcare regulations. You got mm -hmm. all of this a stuff. Lot. So coming into that model with your head not wrapped around the full scope of work, it, it can be very, uh, can be very dangerous, you know. Most definitely. So man, I think uh, this is cool, man. I like, I, man. I'm so excited about you know what I'm saying the growth that you guys have experienced. And be honest, we, me and Kevin talked a lot because he used to come in and place, you know what I'm saying, a lot of the orders for your your merch and your t-shirts and stuff like that. Correct. And we talked here and there kind of in past, and you've been in the shop a couple times, man, but, you know, just, just talking to you, I realized, you know what I'm saying, seeing the brand, the food was always good, but now I can see why the business has grown and expanded. Man, because you got a brilliant mind when it comes to, you know, business, seeing opportunity and things like that, man. So Thank you. I definitely, yeah, yeah, no problem, man. I definitely see uh, big things for you guys in the past. Let me ask you this, man. For the people that are watching, how can they uh, keep up with you guys? How can they follow you? Uh, right now we have our social media. Uh, the social media is Smackers, I-N-C, which is short for Incorporation. Okay. Um. And that's pretty much it, man. Um, or you can Google. Okay. <laughs> Smackers. So, like I say, you can Google Smackers Memphis, Smackers South Haven, uh, and all the locations will pop up. And um, so that's probably the best way. For sure, man. So, look, as we wrap up, uh, one one question for you, man. So there's entrepreneurs that's watching this. They want to get into 
business. They want to get into the, the restaurant industry, uh, but they don't know where to start. You know what I'm saying? I know you went to school for marketing. You have all this combined experience, you know what I'm saying, over the decade of entrepreneurship. What advice would you give to an entrepreneur that's watching this video that, you know, want to get into uh, business for themselves? Um, it's three words that I, that I always say that I tell anybody uh, that is on a come up, no matter what field it is, uh, and is do the work. Sure. Uh, you have to do the work. You have to. Um, and I know this uh, just from me dealing with this on a day-to-day -day basis. A lot of people have uh, visions. A lot of people have ideas and things of that nature. But uh, and don't take this the wrong way, but none of that matters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, your two cents don't matter. Your your visions really don't matter. What matters is the work you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. I mean, we 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 go to Walmart because they built Walmart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We don't go to Walmart because people talk about it. I mean, it's there. So the work is there. It's been done. So yeah. people only know what has been done. So you have to do the work. There's no shortcut. Yeah. And doing it, you gotta do the work. So we've been doing the work. It's nothing that's been overnight. Uh, it's been a lot of uh, heartaches. It's been a lot of sleepless nights. Yeah. Um, a lot of shortcomings. Uh, it's been rough. Yeah. A lot of neglecting our families. Uh, and this stuff is still going on. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, you know, perception is reality. So people only believe what they see. They don't know the backstory. Yeah. They don't know what we go through on a on a daily basis with our families, with our loved ones, uh, just in business in general. But I know the only way, one thing I do know for sure is the only way to be successful in any realm of any business is you got to do the work. Yeah. You got to do the work. That's what's up, man. That's dope, bro. Listen, I love to have you guys back on the show, man. This business continues to grow, continue to expand, uh, just so people can kind of keep up with you guys and see what's going on, man. Because I know... You know what I'm saying? Global is definitely going to happen. The food is great. Your mind behind the business side of it is, you know what I'm saying, great. So I know that, you know what I'm saying, you guys are going to expand big time, man. So I'm excited, man. I love to have you guys back on the show uh, in the future. Sure. Cool, man. I appreciate this. Listen, if you're an entrepreneur and you're watching this uh, and you got some value out of it, do me a favor. Drop some fire in the comment. Uh, also, if you are, uh, if you want to continue to hear information like this, like and subscribe. And if you have any additional information that you want us to cover on the Equity Tab Network when it pertains to entrepreneurship, when it uh, pertains to business, uh, do me a favor. Also, put that in the comments, man, and we'll do our best to uh, bring individuals on to help you guys expand your mindset, raise your IQ, so that you can continue to tap into your equity. Listen, bro, this has been a very profitable conversation, man. I appreciate you I'm taking honored. time out of your schedule to do this. I'm honored. Cool, man. Until next time, y'all. We appreciate it.